So what do you want me to do? Just talk about the painting? I'm Just talk about the story? Questions. You're going to ask me yeah, questions. Ask okay. Questions. Okay. Oh, man, you should have sold them, <laughs> sold them to me in advance. Oh, yeah. No. Well, I mean, you can edit out ums and stuff, oh, right? <laughs> Hello. Wait. Am I actually recording this right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I always laugh when I do this stuff. Hi, I'm Sally, and I'm the... What is my title? <laughs> um, I need to know my title, don't I? Oh my God. Hi, my name is Anna Schember, and I'm the Development Coordinator at the Portland Museum of Art. I'm Kaylee Heiss, and I'm the Public Relations Assistant at the Portland Museum of Art. Hi, I'm Sally, and I'm the Director of Design in the PMA Store. And you're and listening, listening to, to The Backstory, an, an audio series, series from the PMA. <laughs> Hi, my name's Graham Kennedy, and I'm the Communications and New Media Specialist at the Portland Museum of Art. We're going to try something new here today. It's a new podcast and audio series from the PMA, and it's called The Backstory. In each episode, we'll be digging into the untold and lesser-known stories from some of our favorite artworks here at the museum. And for these first few episodes, we're focusing on pieces from our exhibition, Treasures of British Art, 1400 to 2000, The Burger Collection. We're pretty excited about this exhibition, which features the most significant private collection of British art in the United States. It spans over 600 years of British history and even rivals institutions like the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City and the Yale Center for British Art at Yale, obviously, for holdings of British art in the 16th and early 17th centuries. It's a big deal for the PMA, and we hope you can make it over to the Portland Museum of Art and experience it. It's such a great exhibition that, as the staff here at the museum dug into the artwork that's part of the show, we discovered a ton of great, funny, wild, and moving stories about artists and artworks in the Burger Collection. They vary from classic tales of rags to riches success, to rumors of political protest through painting. But the one thing they all have in common are compelling narratives. So without further delay, let's get right to it with the first installment of the backstory. To be fired by the king. Our story starts with Benjamin West, one of the most famous and influential painters in the 18th century. The Ascension was part of a project to decorate Windsor Chapel, and it was a project that West completed 18 paintings for, but he envisioned up to 36 paintings. So it was going to be a major, comprehensive um, painting project that was supposed to be about the story of revealed religion. That's Karen Sherry curator of American art and director of collections here at the Portland Museum of Art. And a painting like The Ascension fits that theme through its um, revelation of one of the key precepts of Christian art, that Christ died as a human and then um, ascended into heaven and uh, took his place as a, um, as, as a divinity uh, next to God the Father. It was an ambitious project for sure, and West was a perfectionist when it came to detail. For the Ascension, which 
which is on view right now at the PMA, West completed nine oil sketches and 18 different versions of the painting alone. Actually, for many of West's works, he engaged in a long process of preparation. He made drawings, sometimes he would do oil sketches before working up the finished picture. And so it's not really atypical in West's practice to have developed several different versions. All those versions ended up taking West over 20 years to complete. 22 to be exact. At a time when two decades could easily account for the majority of a person's life, West's efforts produced an exquisite final piece. Except there's one problem. That said, as you know, the project never, never did get completed because the commission was withdrawn by the king. Hold up. To better understand how things got to this point, it's important to understand what was happening in the art world during the 22 years West was working on the Ascension. Early in his career, West embraced a neoclassical style, which was manifest both in terms of the style as well as the content. West was depicting figures in idealized form. In terms of his themes, he was looking to Greco-Roman history. There was a belief, and this is a belief that back at least as far as the Renaissance, that erudite subject matter is actually the source of their cultural authority. In the 18th century, however, ideas were shifting to what we now call Romanticism. Um, Romanticism, very, very broadly speaking, is a movement that celebrates the importance of subjectivity, of individuality, of your own personal responses to the world around you. It very much privileges feelings over over the rationality and reason that was embraced by the Enlightenment. Benjamin West's career overlapped with this broad shift from Enlightenment modes of thinking to Romantic modes of thinking. His figure styles become much more expressive. Instead of depicting figures according to idealized proportions that match classical ideals, um, the figures often have attenuated proportions, um, highly expressive body positions, facial gestures, and so forth. And the subjects, too, take on a sense of spectacle and drama. And so something like the Ascension that's featured in the Burger exhibition that shows these figures turning and, um, and contorting their bodies in a range of positions, looking up in awe and in shock at this divine miracle that they are witnessing as Christ kind of dramatically rises into heaven. Those are all markers of a romantic style. So that makes sense, that West, who looked to be over 80 years old, would see his career overlap with changing styles in the art world. You can see these styles evolve in West's own versions of the Ascension, from the first ones to the final one. You know, the lighting is more dramatic, the contrast between the brightly spotlit figure of Christ is set off in stark contrast to the dark, shadowy world on Earth below. Um, there's much greater visual energy in this romanticized version of the subject that you read through the expressions on the faces, through the expressiveness of their body poses and so forth. But by the time West completed the final painting, it wasn't just the art world that had changed, but the 
political landscape as well. King George III had hired a new architect, and they were more interested in a neo-Gothic style than West's vision for the art. There's some uncertainty about the exact reasons why the commission was withdrawn. That said, um, at that point, George III famously went um, insane. Um, certainly there were probably also aesthetic reasons as well if West's vision conflicted with new designs for the chapel. When researching this painting, I couldn't get away from how frustrating it must have been to labor over something for so long only to be, well, fired. It's like the 18th century version of canceling a hit show mid-season, and just seemed like something you'd never bounce back from. But in the end, it was just another chapter in the life of a legendary painter. Here we have this artist who began his life in provincial, rural Pennsylvania, where he had very limited artistic opportunities, to becoming this internationally famous artist who revolutionized the genre of painting, became painter to the King of England, also became the president of the Royal Academy of London, the second president uh, of that institution, of which West was also a founding member. So um, he had a really fascinating 